The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to two hours of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Good morning, food lovers. The 2012 Super Bowl Sunday is here. And good morning to you, Lana. Go Giants. <laughs> Live in your good radio. Morning. Good morning. The delicious conversation starts here and now, a day of indulgence for sports and foodie fans. And we hope you'll celebrate with us for the next two hours. We have the winning recipes, tips, and tricks to make your game day party a huge success and we're making you a culinary hero this morning. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to dish with Hugh Atchison. He is being called the modern Southern chef, and he has some wonderful Southern influence to add to your menu today. Also coming up, Chef Johnny Church from PJ Clark's in Las Vegas. The famed New York bar and restaurant has come to the West Coast, and he's dishing on oysters, his burger blend, and how to make the very best fries. We're going to take your phone calls later in the hour as well, so if you'd like to dish on chili or Bloody Marys or the best big game recipes, please call in 888-KFWB-980 gets you to us, 888-539-2980. Coming up next hour, my good friend Chef Todd Socolo, a great talent and a gentleman who knows football well, is going to be live from the Arizona Biltmore. You're also going to hear from Rick Rogers and we're going to plan some cocktails for your big game bash and also Start planning for sweethearts for Valentine's Day. So stay tuned. Two hours of delicious conversation and fabulous food on the menu in your radio right now. We're always serving up seconds, by the way, at chefjamie.com. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter under Chef Jamie Gwen. Lana, did you know today is the second largest day for U.S. food consumption after Thanksgiving Day? Have a small breakfast. Um, very light. Very light <laughs> eating right. until three. We want to know what your game day eating plans are, by the way. And again, phone lines are open, 888-539-2980. I have some incredible food statistics for you. And I love these numbers. According to the Wall Street Journal, 1.25 billion chicken wings, or enough to circle the earth more than twice, will be consumed today. That's B like in boy? B billion? as in billion, yes. Amazing. I love food statistics. Mm. It's amazing to know, right, how many eggs Disneyland uses every day, right? How many gallons of beer will we drink today? Approximately 111 million gallons of beer will be consumed or enough to fill 168 mm. Olympic-sized swimming but pools. But the question is, what can you do with that beer? Oh, and you can do a lot there with we beer. Go. Mm. And we're going we're gonna to talk beer in just a second. 4.4 million pizzas will be ordered today. That's just counting the big national chains. And last but not least, it's the single biggest day of sales for avocados, 71.4 million pounds will be used 
for guacamole, of course. So it is a big eating day and we're kicking it off right. When it comes to beer, there's lots of choices. There's IPAs, there's stouts and lagers. Do you buy the Pilsners? Are you a Hefeweizen fan? Are you big on Guinness, extra cold in that new can that keeps the density of Guinness out of the tap? Actually very sacred in a can. It's being called the best creation for beer in a very long time. But what beer do you drink? We thought that we would share our two top beer picks to kick off this morning's show, both of them available at Bristol Farms, where, by the way, the perfect pairing for beer is on special, and that is, of course, sausages. Oh, those gorgeous sausages. Just going over there and viewing the cases enough. Is very impressive. But buying the sausages is even better. Be included. Right, I agree. <laughs> Bristol's own game day sausages, by the way, are on sale at four ninety nine a pound. Everything from their sun-dried tomato basil to the hot and sweet Italian to their chicken fiesta, they're all made in-house, handmade in every one of the 13 Bristol Farm stores. But you must have a beer with good braised sausages or you need a beer to braise your sausages, right? Yes, we will get to that. What is your favorite beer? My first top pick was, and I mentioned this. A top 10? I I do. (laughs) Yeah, when it comes to beer. Uh Yes, I actually do. In every category. White wine, red wine, sparkling, bring it on. Of course. But when it comes to beer, a couple of weeks ago with Michael Jordan here on the radio, I mentioned that the ultimate Super Bowl beer would be the one that they call Victory. And there is a beer called Victory. If you want to bring a beer to someone's home today, if you're going to a Super Bowl party, you want to really rub in the fact that your team's going to win. You bring a six-pack of Victory Mm -hmm. because you know it guarantees a win. But if you're looking for flavor, and when it comes to great beers, there's a really incredible variety at Bristol Farms. I'm going with a reasonably new beer that has smoke on it. I'm big on smoke. We both are. I love that they're doing that now. How cool is that, right? You you used to be able to use liquid smoke. Then we elevated to smoke chips like the great barbecuers use. And I like to put the smoke chips soaked in water in an aluminum foil packet, poked hole, poked with holes and on the barbecue, or you can put your smoke chips in a pie pan. Are you smoking your own beer now? I'm considering it. Oh. <laughs> you can use a, a cedar plank on your barbecue. You can buy smoked salt now to add the flavor. And then what are you smoking? Oh, you could smoke just about anything. But the mention is that now smoke has come to beer. Similar to a Guinness in style with smoked flavor on the hops because the hops are being smoked before the microbrew is actually fermented and bottled. There is a stone smoked porter available at Bristol Farms. And this is a local San Diego brewery called Stone Brewery that you can buy 22 ounces, $5.99 for the bottle. And it's called Stone Smoked Porter. And it's my 2012 Super Bowl beer pick. Mm, that sounds fabulous. It I'll is. buy that one okay, good. as well. And what's your top pick? Now, I have an IPA that is the best choice. It's from a killer microbrewery beer uh, in Southern California. I love brewery. that we're totally local here. Yeah. Six pack for 10 bucks. And it's a Lagunitas. Log- I've heard, I know it. I've heard of it. Yes. Lagunitas has a crazy cult following actually from this um, micro brewery that is very local in SoCal. So cool pick. Yeah. Love I that. love that they're both local. Okay. That's now the, great. The question though, the is big what question. what to do with them. Exactly. So what are you going to do with all that beer you have? In the kitchen today. You know, most wings are drenched in fiery sauces. That's some, true. some of them get too spicy. 
at times. I'd like to still taste the chicken. Yes, but steaming the wings with beer Mm. perfumes the meat and it really keeps it moist. And it's so easy to do. Just put a rack over a cookie sheet. Right. Pour your beer in. Mm -hmm. A nice lager will do. Perfect. And it basically will steam them in the oven for you. There's something about the carbonation as well and the hops and the fermenting process of beer that I think adds a tenderness factor and that works when it comes to marinating so I love the idea of steaming with beer because it certainly tastes better than water right Mm -hmm. and (laughs) there's so many other things you can do with that same flavor profile you can marinate in beer you can braise in beer so you're steaming your wings I would braise sausages in beer start them on the grill mark them get some smoke flavor or even in a dry pan then add beer put the lid on if you're making hot dogs today oh, I like just that. simple hot dogs mm. those are better braised in beer as well and sausages ask the Dodger Stadium. I love to see a big pan of floating sausages. I do too. And that's how the best stadiums across the country actually keep their hot dogs moist. And that is by braising in beer. And so you can do the same thing at home. Steam your chicken wings, braise your hot dogs, cook your sausages in beer. There's lots of other things to do with beer as well. Yeah. Now, uh, with the steamed beer wings, yes. uh, put them in a 425-degree oven for about 15 minutes. And then while they're baking, just you could whisk together some honey, some garlic, some lemon juice, some chipotle. Mm, yum. Depending on how spicy you want them. Take them out and just toss them and serve them. Love that. Okay, you've got another recipe up your sleeve this morning that I think is the winning recipe, capital T H E. This is mm-hmm. it. Beer chili cheese fries. Say it again. That's it. Beer <laughs> chili cheese fries. The things Great that I find words. Yeah, the things I find sexy. Beer chili cheese fries. Talk about guilty pleasure. Okay, so tell us how to do it. Oh, my God. You could just buy some frozen French fries. Okay. Which is great. Sounds easy. Make up an easy chili. Right. You know, some um, onion in olive oil, a little flour, a little adobo sauce, chipotle and adobo, Mm -hmm. a little light brown sugar. Use some smoked paprika in it. it. Some ground beef and a bottle of dark Mexican beer. Perfect. Um, And some tomatoes. Then you got to layer on the cheese. This is no bean. Chili. No bean chili. No bean chili. I don't like beans on my fries, so that works for me. There we go. So frozen bag of French fries, put them on the plate, pour the chili over them, some shredded, lots of shredded cheddar cheese, and you have those four fabulous words. Beer, chili, cheese, fries. Yes. Oh, I love it. We taught chili last Sunday and we got a lot of great response and we'd love to know what's your chili of the day call in weigh in you can write in on Facebook you can always send an email to live at chefjamie.com with your cooking questions or you can call in 888-KFWB-980-888-539-2980 are you using ground beef ground turkey or have you stepped out and are you using bison or venison or one of the newer meats? Oh, I love meats? that idea. We're going to talk chili coming up later in the hour, and we'll take some calls as well. Hmm. I'm going to take beer to the, le- the next level and tell you it's what's for dessert. <laughs> if you love chocolate and stout, then I have a beer blast that will knock your socks off. It's a chocolate stout truffle, and I guarantee you have everything in your pantry right now to make these chocolate beer 
truffles. <gasps> so you could incorporate beer into every... Oh, let's go do it. <laughs> okay, let's... <laughs> right, we have to wait till 10 o'clock. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you can incorporate beer into every uh, appetizer, entree, you know, snack and dessert category of your Super Bowl menu today. You'll find the recipe for my chocolate stout truffles, which... By the way, you roll in chopped pretzels. So you've got <gasps> beer, pretzels, oh. or you could even better yet roll in chopped peanut brittle. And you've got the salty, crunchy flavor of the beer, rich, dark chocolate, mm. you know, good, heavy cream. Oh, and serve those with a Bloody Mary with beer. Oh, I like that. Or a brewski pear sangria. Oh. I took sangria to the next level with you in fact and we made this pear sangria that was pretty fabulous and it's made with lager instead of the traditional sparkling so check it out at chefjamie.com oh there's so much to do for your big game bash using beer we're going to continue to share delicious conversation here and in your radio 888-539-2980 gets you to us on this culinary playground we call the radio every Sunday morning. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be right back. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. His new book that is recently released is getting huge acclaim and it's his ability to incorporate the French techniques of his culinary career with southern ingredients and a little bit of global influence that has made Chef Hugh Atchison the most popular what they call New Chef of the South. The book is called A New Turn in the South, Southern Flavors Reinvented for Your Kitchen. And Hugh Atchison is the chef partner of multiple restaurants in Athens, Georgia, and in Atlanta. He is a five-time James Beard nominee and was named Best New Chef by Food and Wine. We are delighted to have this Southern star. Welcome. Good to be here. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you back, and congratulations. The new book is a new turn for Southern cuisine. And I'd love if you'd give a little bit of philosophy about how you do blend French traditions with Southern ingredients. You know, the background of my training is so steeped in the idea of being in French kitchens and learning from great chefs over the years that it was fun to enter into a landscape of uh, such a depth of history in cuisine in the South. Um, You know, everywhere has a somewhat of a culinary history, but the South just has an amazingly deep one. So it's, you know, it's become my endless topic, and I can just encounter new recipes and use different techniques than we normally done, and more classic techniques, and just change it slightly, lighten it up, make it more interesting, and, and it's just, it's a lot of fun to work with. You know, being classically trained myself, uh, from a French perspective, I think that, like you said, steeped is such a good word. All the basics are so understood in the French culture of food that if you've mastered those, you're proving that we can take food and ingredients from any walk of life and create dishes that have a, a good culinary base to them, but that f- then flavors that come alive and uh, new exciting tastes. And that's what I love about this melding of cuisine that you've made. Can you give us some other inspiration for bourbon? Let's say we have a bottle of bourbon laying around and we have bourbon lovers in the family. What are your best bourbon recipes? You know, you can do, uh, we do a a ginger beer and bourbon cocktail with ginger simple syrup and soda. That's great. Um, Little, really simple things like that. Um, I like that idea. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I treasure bourbon on the rocks. I think it's just think it's, it's a great great drink all in its own in a lot of ways. There's just such nuance to it. As we continue with our menu inspired by Hugh Atchison in his new book, A New Turn in the South with Southern Flavors, uh, Lana found a corn soup with vanilla bean, coconut milk, and lobster. And so you had already named four of our favorite ingredients before we even got to the recipe. Well, that's a good start then. You know, that's a <laughs> That's a fun, simple recipe to really get get going with, but it's it's just got a ton of flavor to it, and it's something that, you know anybody can really pull off. And lobsters are kind of at an all time low in price, so it's really uh, it's fun to be using those a lot these days, and just supports our uh, our northeastern fishermen. You know, you I loved cooking from your book uh, because you put together the beauty of the South with the flavors of Europe. Yes. So all of these recipes, I truly enjoyed making. Well, good. You know, in that New Year's time of year, I'd also definitely include, in the South, we always eat collard greens on New Year's Day and Hoppin' John, which is uh, the recipes for both in the book. And one brings you uh, good good luck and aff- or good luck in the case of the Hoppin' John for the New Year, and then affluence for the case of the collard greens, which represent money and or, and currency. Yes, and we're planning to make both in abundance, by the way. That's good. I'm That's a good. I'm a black eyed peas lover. I, I happen to love the, the luck associated with them, but I happen to love the flavor too. And I braise them slowly in bacon fat, which I think would make you proud. Uh, that would make me very proud. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. All very well. <laughs> but can you give us a, a couple of tips, please, in Southern style, of course, to one, how to make the best collard greens? Right. You know, when you're talking about collards, you just want the the younger the collard green and the smaller the collard green, the more tender they tend to be. So really super large ones you want to stay away from. You want to wash them really well so there's no grit. And then you just want to really steep them and slowly cook them and encourage a great pot liquor base. That's mm. the base that emanates from that. So stock and vinegar and a little bit of sugar, but then some contrasting chili in there as well. Mm. And all those things and some, some beautiful ham hock or slab bacon to sort of round everything mm. out. And uh, collard greens are just, to me, they're just such a staple of food. I can have them stuffed into a bowl of ramen over rice with chicken, all sorts of things. So You have made thing. me thoroughly hungry, Hugh. Well, that's good. The that's description good. of the collards. Um, what vinegar would you suggest we use? I was taught to make collard greens with a fruit-flavored vinegar, like raspberry vinegar, and I think that makes some great southern chefs like yourself shudder a bit. It's a, it's a little on the different side, but, I mean, I use apple cider vinegar. Okay, just um, the basic. Yeah, just a basic vinegar or a, or a nice sherry vinegar, but nothing too expensive. I, I definitely wouldn't use a balsamic or something like that. I'd find that a little bit cloying on it, and uh, sort of mass, and will take over the whole flavor. Nothing too dark. Good to know. Right. And then the secret to Hop and John, or a Southern secret for that matter. You know, I think the secret to great black-eyed peas is to realize that, you know, the better the dried legume, the fresher the dried legume, then you don't have to soak them. And, uh, you know, I don't believe soaking is for really older beans that are really dried out, but... You know, out in California, there's Rancho Gordo, uh, who is an awesome bean specialist company. Yes, he is. Um, just amazing people. And, uh, you know, and then you just want to find a, a store that really rotates through the product really well. So you find current crop dried peas or legumes and really, and then you can just cook them directly. Uh, and then just skim them well and uh, flavor them as, as much as you can with a really good Trinity base of uh, mm. onions celery and carrots and 
ham hock and every, mm. anything you want. So, I mean, Love it. Then just marry it with good southern rice, and you got it. And, and you and you've got it going on. You've got a very lucky meal for sure. Uh, That's right. I, I think that those flavors that come together are so traditionally southern. And we get our black eyed peas, by the way, from Melissa's Produce. They come in a yeah, tub. Yeah, this is awesome. They are awesome, and I think those are the freshest I've ever seen. And they have a very long shelf life too. So buy them now and plan for your feast. I'd like to talk about a few things boiled, Hugh. Because okay. that's such a southern tradition, right? Boiled dressing, boiled peanuts. Let's start there. Boiled peanuts. You make a boiled peanut hummus? I'm intrigued. Yeah. You know, I mean, I grew up in Ottawa, Canada, and a massive Lebanese community there that really is the backbone of food in Ottawa. And they, you know, just, I love Lebanese food. And I've always been particularly fond of hummus and just the, the whole idea of it. So, in shelling a ton of boiled peanuts one day, I started to think about the other uses for it and, and about looking at the kinship between it and a chickpea. You know, I mean, green peanuts are much less nut than roasted peanuts. I mean, they're much more on the fava bean side of the equation or the chickpea side of the equation when it comes to being a legume. So, and they're, they're, the flavor of them is really interesting and fun. And so we make this boiled peanut hummus, and it's been a massive hit. People just love it, so it's it's great to do. It just you have to get the kids shelling boiled peanuts because that takes forever. Yeah, well, we could, we could do that. I love the idea of the boiled peanuts and southern flavor style, and then tahini and lemon juice and cumin. And by the way, from the new book of Hugh Atchison, A New Turn on the South. You will find this recipe excerpted at chefjamie.com along with a couple of other treats he's given us as a gift. We thank you. And (laughs) along with a link to the Amazon page where you can add this cookbook to your cookbook collection. The medjool date stuffed with the Parmigiano Reggiano and celery looks luscious as well. And I can't wait to make your roasted carrot and beet salad because that's just so quintessential winter vegetable. It is, and that's the time. You know, we, we're big preachers of eating within the seasons. Uh, um, that's what's popping up uh, these days still in, in December, and, it, and it's, it's great. They're commonly available from the farms in Georgia, and we've got a lot of friends who are farmers nearby that just bring us amazing varieties of carrots and beets. And just, it's a good time of the year. Nice. Will you come back and talk boiled dressing with us sometime, Hugh? We definitely will. Okay, please. Because staples. One of the staples of Southern cuisine and and one that I think every great cook should know how to make. We hope to have more time with Hugh Atchison in the weeks and months to come as we cook from his cookbook, A New Turn in the South, Southern Flavors Reinvented for Your Kitchen. There are over 120 mouthwatering recipes. There's lots of great color photographs. And we understand that you drew some of these uh, beautiful uh, artists' renderings yourself as well. Yeah, let's not call them art. Let's call them doodles. Doodles, I'm okay. Doodler. I'm not a good artist. <laughs> well, they're lovely doodles. There's great kitchen tips and shortcuts and a lot of good plain old-fashioned know-how so that you can cook from the South. It's a new turn in the South, and it's an essential addition to any home cook's library. And we're glad to have you back on the radio. Thank you for taking the time, Hugh. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. The delicious conversation continues after this. Food is life. Create and savor yours and continue to listen. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana right here on KFWB News Talk 980. Football fans unite. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio along with Lana. Good food, good drink, and great conversation merge at this 
true landmark restaurant. The New York Times calls it the Vatican of Saloons. P.J. Clark's has come to the West Coast with its 129-year history. P.J. Clark's, known and loved, first in New York City on 55th Street, has a sixth location recently opened at the Forum Shops at Caesars Palace. And Chef Johnny Church is at the helm. Hey, Chef, glad to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. Give a little bit of background, if you would, on P.J. Clark's, because this is truly the American of saloons, right? The most American. Exactly. You know, gastropub before it was cool, I guess. The original one um, originated in 1884, 55th and 3rd. And then, you know, we have a few other locations in New York on the Hudson, Lincoln Square, and also in D.C. and here in Vegas as well. So... Basically, you know, you can get anything here from raw bar, prime steaks, our famous burgers, and, you know, Holy Spirit. Okay, let's talk about some of the secrets of P.J. Clark's. In the 1940s, Nat King Cole coined your burger the Cadillac of Burgers. And the reviews, specifically for your restaurant in Las Vegas, say that it has never tasted as good as it does now. So disclose your your burger blend of meat, please, or would you have to kill us? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's actually very simple. I mean, we use we use prime chuck, and we just get a blend of 79, 21. 79 being lean, 21 being fat. Fat is flavor. And, uh, fat is flavor. So, yeah, that can cool, you know, came in, I guess, to PJ's and was eating the burgers with simple American cheese and bacon, and it was just like, man, that's the Cadillac of burgers, so it stuck. I love that the simplicity of it. I mean, now burgers are made with just about everything. Top it with foie, soak it in barbecue sauce, and put some Fritos right. on top of it, and you're famous. I, I love that you've stuck to your roots, good old American cheese. And I can't thank you enough for sharing the 79-21 ratio because we're all rushing to make a better burger for the big game <laughs> now using your yep. formula. Right, right. Okay, cool. maybe you want to disclose more secrets, Johnny, because you make the best Bernays and – Lana is a true Bernays lover, so can you give us a couple of tips? Yeah, I mean, you know, find a nice vinegar that you like to use, whether it be like, you know, spirulane, tarragon vinegar, or what we like to do is I like to take the vinegar with some white wine, we got peppercorn, get that all reduced down with some shallots, and then to kind of pour that reduction over tarragon, and, you know, so it's kind of like you're, you're making tea instead of like cooking the herbs into the product, you know, which... A lot of times when you cook the herbs in there, you lose a lot of that flavor. This way, it kind of brings out the brightness of the tarragon as you pour it over like you're making a tea. Oh, that's beautiful. And, uh, I love that and idea. Then, and then, you know, when you make it, you take your yolks and add a bit of that, that reduction in there. Make your sebillon, you know, get it to the uh, stage there. And then you add in your, your clarified butter. Uh, the ratio serves right. It's a one yolk to 1.5 ounces of clarified butter. You're the coolest. We're all going to be cooking like you in no time. If you just tuned in, Chef Johnny Church, executive chef at the helm of PJ Clark's 129-year history and now in Las Vegas at the Forum Shops at Caesars Palace where he's known for the Cadillac of burgers, his very best Bernays. I like the idea of steeping the tarragon, like you said, as tea, chef, because oftentimes I agree with you when you're infusing flavor with fresh herbs. If you cook them too long, you do tend to get a bit of bitterness out of them as well that I don't care for. So if you just create that smooth infusion, you're making your own sort of base to a beurre blanc, essentially, with the shallots and the white wine where you cook it till it's sec. 
but essentially a, a tarragon vinegar here that has to be just really smooth and beautiful as the base for the Bernays. Awesome. Okay, what is it about your fries that makes them so addictive? We want to know. Well, we we make our fries in house. We use a, a Kennebec potato. Mm-hmm. Not as much of a starch content, and we you know blanch them off at about two twenty five for roughly four to five minutes. Then we take those out, cool them down in the walk-in. We actually have our own walk-in, just like a reach-in just for fries because we go through so many. And um, and then we just, you know, crisp them up, 350, nice and golden brown, simple sea salt. And- okay, you and I could definitely be friends, Johnny, because anything you double fry, I'm right there. <laughs> bring, cool. bring it on. Well, it's the day of the big game, chef. So tell us what's on the menu. A city versus city food. Okay. And uh, the New England, for the New England Patriots themed, we have a... Uh, our New England clam chowder, which I'm putting in like, you know, basically small plates, you know, small little ramekins, or I mean, an espresso cup with these, you know, the mini Tabascos, which are kind of cool. And uh, I have one of those in my purse right now. Yes, they are kind of cool. <laughs> Never leave home without one. All right, cool. And then the um, mini main uh, lobster rolls, which is basically like a little brioche hot dog bun mm-hmm. that you grill on the grill, mm, nice and golden brown, and then just simply dress the. The main lobster with uh, crumb fresh, lemon juice, and some herbs, you know. Um, and then we have Irish nachos, which I think Guinness is my favorite beer in the world, so we make Guinness very short ribs. And then pull all that meat and put it over the top of a uh, sliced crispy fingerlings. Oh. So it's kind of like a, an Irish nacho. And uh, English peas. Wait, uh, you, I have to stop you. You had us at Irish nachos. It just slid off my chair a little bit. That's like the ultimate nacho just totally reinvented. So fried potatoes, fried fingerlings, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. the topping of that Guinness braised beef shredded over the top. Is there a cheese of choice here? Yeah, actually, uh, Tillamook cheddar. Tillamook cheddar. And then uh, something with a little bit of heat? Actually, no, just keeping it pretty pretty neutral, you know? Just putting that uh, you know, English peas on top. and English peas. There we go. And some, some cold cream. Love it. Okay, and um, the rivalry of the Giants... The Giants we have, we're doing featuring, we were just, you know, talking about the PJ's Cadillac Slider. Right. We're doing that, and the famous Nathan's Hot Dog, and then New York style, so we'll put the, you know, accoutrement on the side, whether it be the, if you like the mustard and, you know, the sauerkraut, and that's how I like mine, mustard and sauerkraut, actually just mustard and onions, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, then uh, Oysters Rockefeller, which is kind of a classic with, you know, oysters that's Take spinach and cook it down with some pernil and yes. white wine, shallot, garlic, and put the spinach in and that, that beautiful Bernays that we were talking about and massaging the salamander. And- Sounds pretty delicious. There's, I, I can't imagine many places I would rather be than on the day of Super Bowl, the big game, perched on a bar stool uh, at your bar, drinking one of the classic cocktails, eating Parmesan tater tots off the menu or creamy tomato soup with farmstead cheddar toast or any of the small plates from your city versus city rivalry menu. And we wish we could be there, but we'll be there uh, in essence, essentially celebrating yeah, uh, at PJ, PJ Clark's. I wish I wasn't working. You're going to have to come out of the kitchen a lot, chef, to catch the yeah, score. I know. That's a good plan. Last but not least, with less than a minute left here, because you've been so generous to divulge the secrets, and we're learning from you, the great chefs that join us here on the show. I really 
feel elevate our level of cooking. You poach your lobster tails in seawater, right? Yeah. And one of the things that PJ Clarks has always been known for is recreating the seawater, like this aromatic broth, essentially. Can you give us a ratio? Because I really want to try it. Well, we have one of our purveyors that flies in the water, especially for us. And then we basically take that water and make a nice uh, corbouillon. Um, oh, you are is, too you, know, you have your cool. uh, leeks celery root, lemon, wine, peppercorns, you know, all that good all that good stuff. And again, we quick poach them in there and then finish them off in the broiler and kiss it with the clarified butter and that's, uh, that's it. Chef, which ocean water are they bringing you? <laughs> Actually, it's Fiji. It's Fiji, Fiji water. Yeah. I, ju- I just th- lost my executive producer. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> She's on her way. <laughs> <laughs> Does that have the same salt content? As other oceans, yeah. it does. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I, I know another chef that I've actually worked for that that uses the same product. So really, um, all right, I'm going to test the salination, the saltiness of water, and determine if I can recreate seawater with two cups of yeah, salt to, yeah, and Fiji you, water. When, yeah, when you're at when you're at, when you're making it at home, I mean, the water should be like salty, like when you you know were a kid and going in the ocean, and the water's like ah. <laughs> it's like that's that's how you that's how you want it to be. When you swallow it by accident, we're recreating yeah, right. <laughs> that flavor. Okay, so I'm gonna yep. start with two cups of salt to six quarts of water and we'll follow up. And go. if if we need more tips and tricks, can we call you? Absolutely. We'd love to have you back. Uh, By the way, uh, better late than never, Chef Johnny Church has an incredible background as uh, an executive chef, having worked in the ranks of uh, and under the tutelage of some really incredible chefs, most recently Bradley Ogden, who is a friend of this show. And he is much deservedly at the helm of PJ Clark's in Las Vegas. Their incredible history, your Favorite classic cocktails, seasoned bartenders, deftly skilled shuckers, timeless American fare of steaks, seafoods, and burgers, all at what is New York's finest, now in Las Vegas at the Forum Shops at Caesars Palace. You'll find Chef Johnny Church at PJ Clark's. And may the best team win. Johnny, we look forward to having you on again, Chef. Cool. Thanks so much. All right, cheers. Cheers to you. The delicious conversation continues. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, be right back. That's a throwback to get you in the mood. Madonna, the Super Bowl halftime concert today. And of course, the big game quickly approaching. We're planning your best dishes. You'll find recipes galore at chefjamie.com. This is a place for people who love to eat. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana, welcome back. Want to make a quick mention that maybe fairy tales really do come true. The Ballet de Monte Carlo has arrived for its West Coast engagement at Segerstrom Center for the Arts. And it's starting next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, February 9th. 9th through the 12th at South Coast Plaza. It's a modern interpretation of Cinderella that is being complemented by what they're calling a taste of Monaco. And in Orange County at South Coast Plaza, you'll be able to experience Cinderella the ballet. Mm. It's getting rave reviews, supposed to be one of the most beautiful ballets from the Ballet de Monte Carlo. And as good is the dining promotion that's going on. All of the restaurants are collaborating and... 
the winning restaurants will, I'm calling them winning because, of course, it's the big game day. Yes. And so I'm calling everything <laughs> winning today. The restaurants are all putting together regional dishes to celebrate Monaco. Everything from Antonello's to Leatherby's to Marche Moderne um, to Quattro and Pinot Provence as well. And so you can really enjoy a night of beautiful festivities and fabulous food to go along with it. If you'd like more information, you can go to chefjamie.com and link through or you can go to SC fta.org or call 714-556-2787. Who doesn't want to see Cinderella? Oh, I do love that fairy tales do come true. And we're taking your phone calls if you'd like to make your winning Super Bowl chili even better or you're looking for delicious dips or big game inspiration, 888-539-2980. 888-KFWB-980 gets you to us. That's exactly what Dave did. And so we're going live to the phone calls. Hey, Dave, happy Super Bowl Sunday to you. Uh, same to you, Jamie. Good morning, Lana. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Great. We listen to your show every Sunday, and I figured since it was a great game day, of course, being from the East Coast, I love the Giants, but sorry. Um, but I uh, want to know what to do to make our chili more exciting. I love that you called in, Dave. Thank you. I love that you're passionate about chili. And Lana loves you even more because you just said go Giants. Oh, that's it. It's going yeah. to be a Giants game. So the two of you <laughs> together celebrating the Giants and chili. Uh, I think come Super Bowl Sunday and I think the entire football season, it's hard not to encounter chili. And is your yours feeling a bit drab? Or did you happen to listen last week, Dave, when we talked about all the unique things you can add to your chili, like uh, a piece of dark chocolate or uh, an extra, you know, dose of brown sugar, uh, ground cumin? What What's your secret ingredient right now, at least? Well, well I like to I start off with uh, some bison meat. Oh, perfect. Nice. So it takes a little bit of the fat out. And uh, and so I've been experimenting with different types of chilies and different types of spices. But cool. what's your favorite type of chili? Well, I happen to like unique chilies. I mean, I do love a traditional ground beef chili like Lana mentioned earlier this hour. Only when it comes to beer chili cheese fries. I don't think the chili should be very complex. I think it should be without beans like you mentioned, mm -hmm. Lana. And Dave, I think it should be simple. But when it comes to a real, you know, winning chili recipe, I make an espresso black bean beef chili. Mm, and it uses fabulous. tenderloin, and which is very lean. I love your the alternative meat idea would be fabulous in there yeah that's brilliant but i'll tell you one thing that will truly set your pot of chili apart from every other is based on an article that lana and i read earlier this week by ruth reichel and you know her from being the editor of uh, gourmet. gourmet magazine for many many years she was one of the first new york times restaurant writers and she wrote an article about chili powder and how, and it's very true, we talk about this often, you know, your spices aren't used enough. You use a tablespoon or two of chili powder, how often, right? So the, the jar of chili powder sits in the back of the spice cabinet. Does yours? Absolutely. Okay, so if you're not using it very often, it's not fresh. It doesn't come alive with flavor. It doesn't have that great aroma. And the best thing you can do for your chili is make your own chili powder. And if you're striving for chili perfection, I guarantee this will get you close because you're not using the old stale stuff. You take a couple of different packages of your favorite dried chilies. And I like a variety. So you start with a 
a somewhat neutral chili. Maybe you have some New Mexico dried chilies. Melissa's makes these in bags and they're readily available. And then I like a little bit of smoke. So anchos, dried smoked jalapenos. Uh, You could throw in a habanero or something very hot if you like a little bit of heat. You put them into... A little? A little or a lot. You put them into a cast iron skillet, Dave, and you char them or toast them on the top of the stove just dry just dry exactly you push them down with tongs and you turn them over like four or five minutes and then you let them cool you take out the seeds and the stems and you put them into your spice grinder or your coffee grinder but one separate for coffee because chili powder coffee never excited anybody. And you make your own, by grinding very finely, chili powder. I like to add a teaspoon or so of ground cumin to Ruth's recipe. Mm, And you have essentially made the ultimate, completely, fabulously fresh chili powder, which will ignite the flavor of your chili. What do you think? Sounds pretty good. I also like to take the the dried peppers and put them right in the chili and let them bubble up. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, that's fabulous. And you could always, you know, use your your immersion blender to blend the chili Mm -hmm. into the broth that way if you didn't want to make a dried powder Mm -hmm. and then add everything else to your chili to thicken it and add substance after that. There's there's lots of different ways, but those chilies definitely do create fabulous flavor, very different than the bottled chili powder. Are you a bean lover, Dave? Um... A little bit, not too many, but uh, I like to add a little bit of beer into the chili also. Oh, there yes. you go. There we go. All right, we're okay. coming to your house. Hi, right, what time? <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there before kickoff. Don't now, worry. Th- there's one chili that I make that I think is is a little different. It's chicken and chicken apple sausage and white beans. Oh, Dave, now this, she's right. This, Lana's right. This chili is killer. And it has the addition of sausage. And we were Mm -hmm. just talking about Bristol Farm sausages. And the chicken apple sausage is sensational. And if you're using bison a little bit leaner, a little bit gamier, it might be fun to add some sausage, Mm -hmm. a little bit of fattiness, but for flavor as well. And to create, you know, sort of a unique combination of flavors. I love that. Dave, will you let us know how your chili turns out today and how everybody thinks your big game bashes? Fantastic. We'll do. (laughs) We appreciate you calling in and dishing on chili. Please stand the line. I'd like Donna to take your information. We'll send you a copy of our newest cookbook. Go Giants. Go Giants. There we go. Call anytime. (laughs) (laughs) I think that uh, Dave's chili might be a game changer. Mm. I like that idea. Very cool. Uh, If you're looking for chili recipes or more inspiration at chefjamie.com, we hope you'll find them. You can always send your email cooking questions all throughout the day to live l-i-v-e at chefjamie.com we wanted to mention to you that um, we received a fabulous floral football from our friends at the dizzy daisy this is a really cool florist that is coming to orange county that created a football floral arrangement for the super bowl It's really fabulous, and it adds that special touch to any occasion. So if you are uh, a creative genius in your own right, uh, get to a styrofoam football soon and start putting in your flowers, or even better yet, you can order from the Dizzy Daisy. Mm -hmm. You'll find them on Facebook, too, but really fun, really, really fun. And then you could always stop by Taps today, by the way, in Brea or Corona, and you could pick up Oh, they're mocha stout. Yeah, that, that that is a damn good beer. You could pick up bottles of beer from their tap.
and you could have really exceptional micro-brewed beer at your Super Bowl party. That's not a bad idea. I'd go to that party, too. Oh, my entire refrigerator is filled with <laughs> tap smoked stout beer. I know. I really like that about you. Food is life. Create and savor yours. There's a whole nother hour of delicious conversation coming up. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. Please stay tuned. You're listening to KFWB News Talk 980 on this Super Bowl Sunday. Welcome to the second hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. We're serving touchdown-worthy eats this Super Bowl Sunday morning. Armchair quarterbacks rejoice. The food at your party is going to rock. It's the second hour of Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. That's me, along with Lana. Delighted to be in your radio. What's on your menu? We hope that you are gearing up for a big game bash. We're always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com and inspiring you to be a better cook every Sunday morning, beginning at 8 a.m., two hours of delicious conversation and fabulous food, sharing culinary wisdom from not only great chefs, but uh, celebrity cooks, artisan food makers, food and wine lovers, sommeliers, brewmasters, and more. We cover food news, restaurants, wine, and travel, and we share insightful commentary on everything delicious, and we hope that you will join us every Sunday morning. We have some delicious ideas for game day food at chefjamie.com, and a bit earlier, I had a chance to catch up with Chef Todd Socolo of the Arizona Biltmore. You'll hear from him in just a moment. Coming up later this hour, we're going to plan your Super Bowl cocktails and some sweetheart Valentine's Day inspiration as well with Rick Rogers, so stay tuned. But first, do take a listen. Chef Todd, Lana, and I dished on our love for football and fabulous food. Um, Talk about winning food. If you haven't been to the Arizona Biltmore lately, you are missing some truly fabulous talent and fabulous food. One of the chefs we truly love, executive chef Todd Socolo for the Arizona Biltmore, a Waldorf Astoria resort, is joining us to share some exciting news and his predictions for the big game. And we're really glad to have you back, chef. Good morning, Todd. Good morning, ladies. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. We're glad to be with you on this very football-friendly day. But we saw a sneak peek of your new menu, and it looks really incredible. So congratulations. Tell us about the relaunch of Wright's Restaurant, please. I will. Wright's is fabulous. You know, named after Frank White Wright for the Biltmore and this whole area, it's really an inspiration to to the nostalgic foods of the years past, Um reinvented to today's taste and small plate concepts. Um, we really use that farm-to-fork flow and, and really drive it. I mean, it's really been an exceptional. And it's been very well-received, we understand, because it's just a few weeks now, and you already have a full house. And the menu, which is very unique in its, in its design, is really being very well accepted. It has. I mean, it, it's, we haven't even advertised yet. We've already rose to number two on TripAdvisor out of 1,100 restaurants. Wow, congratulations. So, yeah, the whole concept's really kicked off. It's really 
fun. It's okay. a fun place. So let's talk about what I'm calling a very wine-focused menu. Lana and I had uh, some time to peruse it. And interestingly enough, this small plates menu is driven by its pairings. And as a certified sommelier, this is something I love. You know, over the years, Chef, we've gotten more and more feedback and interest from fabulous foodies that might not have known spirits, cocktails, and wine as much as they've wanted to. To see a menu that you've created based on sparkling wines, white wines, fruit-forward wines, all the pairings. I knew you would love it, Jamie. Yeah, this is, <laughs> it's really uh, it's really a fun menu. They you, we're really enticing. We're pushing the wines first, and then the food second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're really bringing back all those traditions. You know, we brought back some tableside salads. We finished something desserts tableside. Um, but you know, it is always wine first, and then food. It's great. I love the idea of sparkling wines starting out a meal, but even better yet, this is multiple courses. And you know what, Lana and I love, Todd, because we've had the extraordinary opportunity to dine in your kitchen. And we grazed over dishes that you created one after the other, with the last one being more delicious than we couldn't have imagined the prior dish having come out tasting like. I love to start with a glass of sparkling and the beef tartare, your terrine escargot cassoulet or the lobster bisque that's a, a traditional nostalgic throwback to good old food it definitely is what, sure. what's the secret tell, tell us if we want to make lobster bisque at home as the weather turns cooler next week give us some insight uh, well, it depends if you're from New York or from the Patriots. Uh, I mean, they have, two, they have two different styles. Oh, no, he had to bring football in. The minute, you, the minute you said lobster, it was all New England. <laughs> you have you have football on the brain for today's game. All right, so maybe we're planning lobster bisque, a big simmering pot of it. That's a great idea. On top of the stove with lots of fixins for everybody to take a bowl. See, I think armchair quarterbacks should never have more than one utensil at a time, chef. So just a spoon will work. I agree. I agree. <laughs> okay, so some secrets, please, to lobster bisque. You know, secrets are you have to start off with fresh lobster, of course. Being from the Northeast, I, I got to say that has the best lobsters in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you start off by roasting off the shells with mirepoix, onions, carrots, celery, bay leaves, peppercorns. Finish it with, of course, wine. You need it. Mm. A little tomato paste, fresh tomatoes, some mm. basil I put in it because I'm Italian. Simmer that for, uh, I'm sorry, water, of course. Bring up a good lobster stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you have that magical stock, that's what it starts with. Mm-hmm. Once you have that base and all that love, then you can start fooling around with the roux and the sweet cream and the butter. Mm-hmm. Again, depending if you're from New England or from New York, there's a couple different variations of it. So you really can interpret it, interpret it the way you want it. Okay, now you represented the Pats. Doesn't that sound delicious? He had me at sweet cream. You represented the Pats because you mentioned that uh, we know, you know, the cold water lobsters that come from the Northeast are the best. But if we want to represent New York, because, you know, Lana is a Giants fan and has predicted. That's right. The, they're gi- going the Giants to are going to win. Maybe not. A, it, maybe it's not a <laughs> prediction. Maybe um, it's a sure thing uh, yes. or a sure bet, for that mm-hmm. matter. I'm thinking that your Waldorf salad chef would definitely represent New York. Oh, there oh, you go. There that would you be go. A slam, a slam dunk. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred years of history. Is it really? It, it is. It was created in in 1929. 1929. Wow. 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 Huh. And it has that great train underneath. Yes, the, the hotel. The hotel it does. The yes. the salad itself, though, I think has the history <laughs> that Chef is talking about. So crisp green apple, it is, candied yes. walnuts, it, lots it, of grapes. 
Yep, it's the version here from the Bowmans. Uh, the original one was created in 1896 in New York, mm-hmm. and then then Arizona got a hold of it and changed it up a little bit. But the yeah, the recipe is crisp green apples, sweet grapes, walnuts, finished with a, a little sour cream, honey, and lemon, mm. and tarragon. <gasps> Oh, it's one of my favorite salads. And it's one of your favorite herbs, in fact, too. What else do you like to use it in or with? You know, uh, I use it in various dishes. I predominantly use it in, in cold food. You know, honestly, it's it's really about my. It's actually more about my mood swings. If I if I <laughs> like it and if I I feel like I want to cook a certain time or a certain thing, then I you I'll use it in that. Mm. Mm. And uh, chef, I see that you use Mexican chocolate in your cocovan. We do, and we're so close to the border; it's very easy to get. Oh. I love Mexican chocolate. I actually think it makes the best mole. I think it's an, an absolutely adi- a beautiful addition to a beef stew. I've never tried it in Coco Van, though. It has that cinnamon spice component to it, and then the richness of dark chocolate. It absolutely does. Yeah, it's a little drier. It's mm-hmm. not. A, it doesn't have that fatty uh, finish, but it, it's yeah, it is. It has a the right aroma, the right flavor, the right taste, and you're right, you're 100%. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. How about in Mexican chili? Chocolate there. Oh, I there like we it go. in chili for That's today's the last chili. Thing we used it in. That's right. If you have a pot of chili simmering on the stove, it is Super Bowl Sunday. And by the way, Chef Jamie went along with Lana in your radio, along with Executive Chef Todd Socolo, Arizona Biltmore, a Waldorf Astoria resort, our most favorite hotel in Phoenix. Todd, by the way, is a graduate of the CIA, my alma mater as well, the Culinary Institute of America, and has been at the helm of the Arizona Biltmore since 2008. He is an incredible talent with a distinguished career. He hails from multiple hotels in uh, the great city of Las Vegas, and we're delighted when he joins us as he shares his tremendous passion. If you have a pot of chili on the stove right now, Run on out or go to your pantry, grab a wedge, because, Chef, doesn't the Mexican chocolate come in a circle? Mine does. And then you break it into pieces? Yes, it does. Right, so you cut a pie wedge out, or you break it off, and throw it into your chili, and just let it sit and melt. And as it simmers away, just that beautiful subtlety of the chocolate infuses. Now the chili's coming alive with flavor. Yeah, it definitely does. It gives it a full, rich body. It really has a great finish in the end. Want to talk more about the small plate concept, Chef? So, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, give us your best ideas for more Giants versus Pat's foods in a small plate format. And then we'll talk something sweet because, Lana, there was a dessert that made its way to your heart right off the page of that rights menu, was there not? Um, the study in soufflés. Oh. <laughs> study in soufflés. Since 1929. I don't know about it from 1929. But <laughs> Original recipe, ladies, has been wow. here from 1929. I'm afraid to touch it. <gasps> I oh. would be too if I were you, but you could definitely share the secrets. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. More with Arizona Biltmore's executive chef, Todd Socolo. Chef Jamie, along with Lana, in your radio, it is a big football day. What are you making? You're listening to KFWB News Talk 980. Be right back.
sharing my outlook on the food world with you every Sunday morning beginning at 8 a.m. We're always serving up seconds, by the way, after these two hours of delicious conversation at ChefJamie.com. Executive chef of the Arizona Biltmore has stopped by. He's Todd Socolo, and he's a Jets fan, right, Chef? So you don't have any money weighing on today's game. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But your mother might never talk to you again. She's a Pats fan. You're right. Yeah, okay, well, it's your mom and my mom, Pats and Giants. Bring it on, baby. (laughs) That's it. Uh, All right, we we left off talking about the sweet ending at Wright's Restaurant, the Mm. new reopening of the flagship restaurant of the Arizona Biltmore Waldorf Astoria Resort, where Todd Socolo is at the helm. His enormous kitchens put out incredible food. You should see his catering operations. This is an entirely rebuilt, beautiful hotel based on the original property that just has exquisite charm and feel and essence to it. And we love staying there and we love Todd's food. And we're very excited about the reopening of Wright's Restaurant, the restaurant with its own legacy and now serving small plates. But Lana, we've already received two emails from listeners that want to know if Todd will share his souffle recipe. So tell us about your study in soufflés, chef. Since 1929, the recipe has not changed? The recipe has not changed since 1929. What we do is we'll we take the original recipe and we'll add different variations. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll change it during seasons, but there's always going to be those traditional favorites, the Grand Meunier, the chocolate, of mm-hmm. course. And is this a traditional, like you and I were trained in the classical French-style souffle recipe, or is there a, a secret somewhere? Yeah, baby, it's, it's whipped <laughs> egg whites, it's the flour, it's a lot of love, it's patience. It is. It, you, you know, you remember, it takes time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It sure does. It is. Patience is the right word. It's not something that you Mm -hmm. see often except for in what I call legacy restaurants, the restaurants that are willing to take the time to make batter during service, during the actual time you are dining. Because if you've ever made a souffle at home, which we know you have, it's not one that has holding power per se. Absolutely not. You're right. it's It's a very temperamental dessert. You really have to take the time to do it correctly. Uh, the measurements have to be accurate, mm-hmm. and if it's off, it's off. Um, the recipe they've been using here since 1929 is remarkable. It's great. It's one thing that I think all great cooks should master, and if you make it one of your lessons for 2012 to master the souffle, I guarantee people will come to your door, knock, and ask for your signature dessert or invite themselves over for dinner, guaranteed. I love the Chateau de Chem pairing along with the study in souffles on the new rights menu. And again, what a wonderful way to master the art of food and wine pairing with these beautiful suggested wine pairings alongside the dishes on the new rights menu, many of which on their small plates are around $10 or so. So this is a fine dining experience at a very good value. Uh, We think that the big game lends itself to small plates too, Chef. So if you were to put out a small plates menu for Super Bowl today, what what would be on it? What would it be? You know, I, I probably would have some fun with, like, lobster. I may do, like, a lobster corn dog. One would be more of a Boston style. One would be a New York Great style. Great idea. Oh, if Lana didn't love you already, that was just a low blow. Oh, wow. Lobster corn dog. You thinking, like, a, a cornmeal batter? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a little cornmeal batter, deep fried, and, and then you probably would serve it, probably if it was New York style, with, like, a caper remoulade. And maybe for New England, it would be more like a, a traditional tartar sauce. Oh, like the Battle of the Sauces. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be real fun. I'm loving that. All right, we're coming to your party. 
<laughs> uh, tell us what's going on at Frank at Albert's, another restaurant. Talk about rave reviews. You've seen these reviews on Yelp and more about the guests that have stayed at your property and eaten at the restaurants five times within a day and a half. I mean, they can't get enough. Yeah, Frank and Albert's is exceptional. Uh, the, you know, we really tie it into the local community. We buy a lot of local produce, a lot of local cheeses. We buy our, all of our chickens and our beef locally. Uh, and you know we change the menu four times a year, so we just keep it really trendy, uh, and it's really been exceptional, really farm to fork all the way. Okay, newest dish on the menu for winter, something you can teach us to make that's on the Frank and Albert's menu right now. You know, coming up, we're going to start doing, we're going to have a, a root beer barbecued pork chop uh, with homemade baked beans and a sweet potato, like a vanilla sweet potato puree. Wow. Um, wow. There's some really good stuff coming up. Okay, root beer barbecue sauce. Yep, you're gonna take uh, you're gonna take actual like whatever your favorite root beer is. You, you put it in a pot, you cook out the water, and you make it into a syrup, and then you start the process of a barbecue sauce. So you sauté some onions and some garlic, add a little ginger, add the root beer syrup, maybe some brown sugar, a little molasses, and some ketchup. Mm. Okay, so mm. wait, I, I have to go back. You're literally simmering away the water and reducing the root beer to get a more potent sarsaparilla flavor. Correct. Yep. What a cool yep. idea. Wow. I have to go and open a can of root beer and get it on a stove here in the studio really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. Quick. And I love that. I'm going to be there on Wednesday for their glazed lake of lamb. You wish you were going to be there yes. on Wednesday for their glazed lake of lamb. She oh, might just show do up. I ever. Mona, you're always welcome to come. Uh, <laughs> does that sound fabulous? Well, I think Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for sure, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well. There's some really cool <laughs> menus at Frank and Albert's that are rotating on a monthly rotisserie menu, mm -hmm. and we hope that you'll check it out. This is an incredible weekend getaway and an incredible chef who's putting out truly delicious food in every venue of this property. You can understand why we are Arizona built more fans. He is executive chef Todd Socolo. And with two minutes left, chef, we want to better get to know you. We call this a chef's perspective. So I'll throw a couple of questions at you, if you would, please. And we'll know a little bit more about Todd Socolo. Uh, what is your favorite city to travel to for the best food? Consider culinary travel. San Francisco. San, oh, yes. We were just at the ferry building. I oh, agree. Just fabulous. When you're at home, and I know that there's a little, uh, there's a, there's a, a deeper answer to this because I know you have an addiction. What do you like to eat? <laughs> you know, I am, I'm Sicilian, so I am a soul food Sicilian guy. I'm a spaghetti and meatballs and pasta and just prime pomodoro sauce. Yeah, he, I, he's big on Italian, baby. <laughs> uh, your favorite spice right now to cook with, Chef? Uh, I'd say cayenne pepper going into the summer. Ooh, loving that. As yep. a crust, as a seasoning, just a pinch goes a long way? Crust, yes. Crust seasoning, maybe a compound butter for chicken, maybe as a, as a oh, starter nice. for an etouffee or uh, uh, something like that, or like a barbecue shrimp with a little cayenne pepper mm. butter. Ooh, mm. loving that. And then last but not least... Uh, the best tip you have for inspired chefs, for novices and connoisseurs alike, one thing they can do better in their kitchen today. You know, I, I have these philosophies in the kitchen. They're a little corny, but I always say low heat is your friend and mm -hmm. salt is your hero. Oh, 
Hmm. I love that. And, you know, we say that listening to this show will make you a culinary hero. And you've done your part this morning to contribute to that. And so we thank you. You are always wonderful to have on the radio and a delight to be with. And uh, we hope that the best team wins. Mm -hmm. And we wish we were with you eating lobster corn corn dogs. That might make me into a Pats fan today. (laughs) (laughs) And the operative word there, chef, was might. It just might. Big, big. We love it. Thank you for sharing uh, the big game day with us. And we hope you enjoy watching the Super Bowl as well with lots of touchdown worthy eats. And we'll hope to see you soon, Todd. Look forward to it. Thanks Thank again. You. Thanks. Bye. We're headed to Wright's Restaurant, the relaunch of the Legacy Restaurant at the Arizona Biltmore. Executive Chef Todd Socolo looking over the property to guarantee a delicious experience for you. I'm devoted to fabulous food and fine wine every Sunday, so stay tuned. There's more right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Don't go away. And you can dance. For inspiration. Getting in the mood with Madonna prior to her halftime show this Super Bowl Sunday. Chef Jamie went along with Lana. Two hours of satiation for all of you food fanatics every Sunday, live and in your radio. Rick Rogers is a cooking teacher, a food writer, and the author of over 40 cookbooks. He joins us this morning with cocktail and main dish ideas for Super Bowl and Valentine's Day. And we're glad to have you back, Rick. Welcome. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Rick. Lana and I both here. It's been too Hi. long since you've been Lana, with us. Lana, it has been too long. Absolutely. It has here been. Here we are together again. So glad. Okay, so, Rick, let's kick it off because it is the day of the big game. And plain old beer is a perfectly acceptable drink for a plain old football game. But this is Super Bowl Sunday, and you got to step it up, right? How about some bourbon slush? Mm. When I have people over... Super Bowl's not just for the guys anymore. That's true. I, I definitely have a lot of ladies over, too. And so I want something that everybody is going to love and it's going to go down very easy. Shall I throw this recipe at you? Yeah, would you please? Because anything that has the word slush in it, I'm in. It's like if you call anything a shake, a malt, bring it on. There's something just very appealing about the refreshing iciness of a slush. And it's different than a traditional cocktail. So bring it on. Okay, so you're going to start by boiling two cups of water and throw in four black tea bags and just let that steep to make really strong tea and let it cool down. Then you're going to take six more cups of water, just regular old water, two cups of bourbon. Um, My bourbon of my choice right now is Four Roses. It's a real bourbon whiskey. Yes. I just love it. And then you're going to take about a cup of sugar. You're going to take a small six-ounce container of orange juice concentrate and then look for a large 12-ounce container of frozen lemon juice concentrate. Now, here's where I said about a cup of sugar. Mm -hmm. If you can only find lemonade, use a lemonade, but then you're going to add the sugar to taste. Okay. Because sometimes that pure lemon juice is not that easy to find. Pretty much all you're going to do is throw it in a bowl and whisk it all up to break everything up to in into a slush and then throw it in into zip tight um, plastic bags and put it in the freezer (laughs) and it's going to freeze into like this as we're saying this slushy consistency because the bourbon is going to keep it from um, freezing hard 
Right. So That's the alcohol it. content never allows a, a frozen cocktail to freeze solid. Exactly. But you do get that sort of granita-like texture. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll actually put it into metal baking dishes mm-hmm. and just let it sit like that rather than, than uh, put it into the... Um, the, the zip-tight bags. That's a cool idea. Or if you're not using your ice cream maker today, I find that the canister that comes out of your ice cream maker, Rick, is a great vessel for freezing, freezing things in your freezer. Exactly. And put it into there. You also, you can put that right out on your counter, too. I put a plate under it, of course, something like that. And then you can ladle it out of the canister. See, that's cool. Now, now you've taken your slush, essentially, and made it a punch. And what I love about punch is that everyone gathers around and ladles their own drink. So you could put out uh, Rick Rogers bourbon slush. You could put out a couple of different punches and set up uh, the bar so that everyone is essentially making their own cocktails and refilling their glasses as needed. And that really allows you as the host to enjoy the game as well. Well, it's all about having things made ahead so that you can sit back and enjoy the game. I love this idea of a slush. And, you know, bourbon, hotter than ever. A Mm -hmm. lot of the spirits, uh, whiskey in particular, the Four Roses I'm a fan of as well. Uh, We spoke with Jeff Hall some weeks ago about some of the new artisan cocktails, bourbon making its way back. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing the popularity in it. So it would be really fun to incorporate it into your big game menu. And I love the citrus in there. Yeah, I do too. And bourbon is all American. Mm-hmm. It is all American. You're right. And we have, by the way, Rick's recipe. You can always write to live, L-I-V-E, at chefjamie.com. Just email us, live at chefjamie.com. We'll send it to you right away. You'll have your slush ready in time mm-hmm. for kickoff today. What else is on your menu for Super Bowl, Rick? Well, just like I was saying about how I want to have something that I know that everybody is going to enjoy, you know that there's going to be tortilla chips. You know that there's going to be salsa. And you know that there's going to be dips and things to snack, um, salty snacks and things like that. So I like to have a lighter alternative as a main course. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm going to be making is a strawberry chicken salad with a hoisin sesame dressing. Mm, nice. Really you know, hits all the buttons for something that's that's healthy but and fresh and delicious. What are mm. the secrets to your chicken salad? I always start with preferably a warm chicken. Whether you make it yourself, roast it, or buy a store-bought like a Bristol Farms rotisserie chicken, I like to shred the meat while it's still warm so that the dressing, no matter what your dressing of choice is, sort of seeps in because I feel the pores of the chicken are open, like when you're marinating and you really get that flavor all the way through. Couldn't agree with you more. I think another thing about, um, about a chicken salad is you want to be sure that you have a lot of textures because you know the tender is going to be taken care of with mm. the, the chicken mm, breast. I like that. Yes. So I, I like uh, jicama for crunch in here. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, I could use, uh, I could use chow mein noodles. But, but hickam is going to be crunchy and, and, and very healthy, too. What a what cool about idea. about your dressing? Do you, I like hoisin in my Asian dressings. I like the idea that you're adding what is, to me, a very umami flavor. I think many of us think you go straight to a vinaigrette. You might be going to something creamy like a poppy seed. Uh, you know, you can make your chicken salad with just about anything. I love the Asian influence mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, and um, I also have strawberries in here because 
again, something to brighten it. You know, anytime you put berries in something, the color just pops. Mm, yes, it's gorgeous. And, and, and they go so well with um, very many savory dishes mm-hmm. like this one is. Now, the dressing is that I'm making for this, and, and you're going to have this... Uh, this recipe available for people too i think yes we have we have a link to it and we will gladly share it great and uh so i'm not going to run down the entire dressing but essentially it's a rice wine uh vinaigrette and so rice wine vinegar is something that so many californians have in their pantry these Mm -hmm. days yes oh it's it's a it's always in my well-stocked pantry it's a staple and i like the seasoned kind uh-huh. I find it's very good for marinades. It's very good for salad dressings. It's a very lean single ingredient dressing. If you're really trying to go lean and clean and you want to dress some greens, you can use just straight seasoned rice wine vinegar. Yeah, the, the seasoned rice wine vinegar has uh, sugar and salt in it. Because... I know. That's why I like it, Rick. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying that, that, that exactly. <laughs> if we could just turn it into a pizza. Then, but, but, uh, but then, um, so what it is is that you don't have to add those ingredients when you're making sushi, therefore. Right. So. Yeah, it does. It makes it a very good sushi rice. You, of all the cookbooks you've written, Rick, have, been, have written many a stellar one. One of our favorites is I Love Meatballs. Oh, and yeah, my new one. Yes, oh, congratulations. Fabulous. I was on your website, and there is a recipe at rickrogers.com that includes meatballs in lasagna. And if there were ever a football lover's fantasy food, I can't imagine that meatball lasagna is, is not it. Well, any time that you're making lasagna, you can take your ground meat mixture, add a couple of eggs and a little bit of breadcrumbs to it, and then just form them into meatballs. Now, this is not a chef-y kind of a thing to do. Um, Italian grandmas for generations have been making meatballs to put into their lasagna because it, it just is that extra step shows the people that you're making the dinner for mm. that you really love and you're really glad you're there and they're there and um and so that's that's the way how it's done i, I love that idea so I, I love the idea if there's any leftover meatballs from today's game that that's what you do tomorrow for night meal lasagna is meatball lasagna that's perfect i happen to have meatballs left over from the last party i threw in the freezer mm-hmm. i had already roasted um rather than pan fried them and broiled them so that they were brown and cooked all the way through and then they were going into the sauce but i had an excess of meatballs and a, a just a sh- bit short on sauce i was a bit short on sauce so mm-hmm. i froze the meatballs i could actually use those in a lasagna mm-hmm. whip up some tomato sauce quickly boil some noodles and have a meatball lasagna in no time love that idea all right we've got to add that to our a super bowl buffet we're sharing rick rogers bourbon slush recipe you write to live at chefjamie.com. i think that'll pair really well with nachos and hot wings and pizza but it will also satisfy the most discriminating cocktail connoisseur rick stay with us when we come back we're going to take you to a place of romantic pairings some ideas for valentine's day dates Mm. yes cocktail inspiration and more rick rogers you me chef jamie and lana right after this don't go away (laughs) 
crowd-pleasing recipes for tasty finger foods, cocktail inspiration, and more at ChefJamie.com. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio on this Super Bowl Sunday. Planning for Valentine's Day, though, which is just a week and a couple of days away now, if you would like to treat your suite to a really extraordinary performance, uh, there is uh, the uh, the offering, in fact, that maybe fairy tales do come true. <laughs> Monaco is taking Orange County by storm. The Ballet de Monte Carlo arrives at Segerstrom Center for the Arts in Orange County at South Coast Plaza next weekend, February 9th through 12th. So you'd be giving an early Valentine's Day gift with tickets to this modern interpretation of a ballet of Cinderella. And it's being complemented by a taste of Monaco at South Coast Plaza eateries all of the restaurants at south coast plaza are preparing a menu inspired by either monaco and or cinderella it is uh, expected to be an extraordinary ballet and you can find out more by going to their website southcoastplaza.com or segerstrom hall's website and buy your tickets now for le ballet de monte carlo and plan your meals accordingly at south coast plaza rick rogers is with us he is uh, in a very accomplished cookbook author, cooking teacher, and a very talented cook. And we left off with the bourbon slush, which, Rick, everybody wants. Oh, great. Slush is <laughs> on the menu today. And we thought we would segue to Valentine's Day because we're just one Sunday away now from romantic pairings for dinner for two. I'm going for takeout and a movie. Okay. I- I'm up for breakfast in bed. But all of those... Uh, opportunities uh, really allow for a cocktail, for sure. Yeah, no, again, you have to know your audience. I mean, I think (laughs) that this is one of the times where you really want to be sure that you're you're giving your loved one what they want. Like, for me... um, We're single single malt scotch drinkers in our house. So we just love that. We love artisan bourbons. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, one thing that really you can never go wrong with is sparkling wine. Yes, and I agree. No, I, mean, I, I am such a great fan of champagne throughout an entire meal. Yes, because from start, from to, finish, start to finish, whether it's an hors d'oeuvre, mm-hmm. a salty appetizer, a right. main course, mm-hmm. or it even goes dessert. For, it goes from beginning to end It's a guaranteed pairing. It is. Well, I don't want to put too fine of a point on it, but I'm for a fan of sparkling wine throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. Right. And we really like you, and you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> well, because well, I was just thinking what you said, Jamie, that if you're going to have breakfast in bed, yes. uh, champagne is definitely going to do it. Um, and also, everybody has crazy, crazy, crazy schedules these days. I mean, sometimes I think that lunch with your loved one is going to be better than dinner. Well, and that's very true. And I think that sparkling wine is an easy go-to. I would like to share a brief story with you, Rick. Okay. Um, one that Lana and I have talked about for some time now. As a, certifi- uh, as a certified sommelier, I'm very proud to be welcomed and invited into uh, roomfuls of very talented wine drinkers and you know those that rate great wines, writers, and more. 
And uh, gosh, over a year or so ago, Lana and I were invited to a blind tasting at Wolfgang Puck's uh, Spago in Beverly Hills. And it was a red wine tasting of some of the best we had come to find out, like uh, Duckhorn and Stag's Leap and Verticals of some of the biggest names in red wine that you know. And we rated them all, along with the wine writer for Esquire magazine, New York Times, LA Times, you name it, they were there. And when it all came down and they awarded the winning wine in a blind tasting, it went to an Australian wine company called Yellowtail. And the uh, owner and uh, the originator right, and his family of Yellowtail were there to talk about their $7.99 bottle that Mm -hmm. beat out a 99 Duckhorn. It was an incredible tasting and an incredible experience to see the values that are available in the wine world. And you brought to us just recently a new find by Yellowtail that's right in line with this bubbly conversation. Exactly, Um, which is that the Yellowtail family is now making a sparkling wine called Bubbles. Love it. And there are two varieties for for those, pardon me, for those of you who... uh, like your regular old-fashioned sparkling wine. There is one in white, and there's also a rosé. Mm. And I, I very often lean towards the rosé because sometimes I find that that little bit of extra edginess to it um, makes it especially good for things like salmon. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. The, the yellowtail rosé with salmon is just delicious. I like that pairing. I, I like the idea of rosé champagne as well because it takes the traditional bubbles to the next level. It adds a little bit of complexity. It has a fruitiness to it. It's certainly pretty and pink. I think yeah, the tail... The color, of course, is great for yes, Valentine's Day. Th- that it is. The tail behind Yellowtail is very interesting to me. John Casella was quoted as saying that people can't be bothered all the time by all the hype and nonsense of wine. They just want to drink it. And his goal is to create consistently flavored wines and bubbles year after year that you can go to and count on. And we haven't seen a lot of uh, new introductions of bubbles outside of the Cavas and the Proseccos that we're starting uh, to drink oh, more and more from haven't. around the world. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, we see the Nicholas Foyette, which we love. Uh, you know, there are lots of great bubbles out there, but this is a nice new addition. But the price point is also wonderful with Yellowtail. Yes, that it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're going to find it in your area for, um, depending on where, exactly where you buy it, for around $8. Oh. It can be $7, it can be $8, it can be $9. Truly okay, incredible. So let's do a quick roundtable here. We have about a minute or so left together, Rick. You, Lana, and I will all uh, name and quickly describe, please, your champagne cocktail of choice for Valentine's Day. Lana, you start. I like to add a cranberry syrup to my champagne. Nice. A little cranberry juice uh, just uh, uh, boiled together with some ginger. Love that. You know. oh, and wow. Yes, it's very nice. And if you could even add a little touch of brandy to it as well, and it makes a wonderful champagne cocktail. Will you be my Valentine? I'd love to be. I love that. Oh, and, and, and Rick's. <laughs> and Rick. That's right, I'll Rick. What up. will we be drinking with you? I'm <laughs> going to mash up some uh, Driscoll berries. I don't care whether they're strawberries, raspberries, oh, blackberries, whatever. Nice. Put them mm. in the bottom of my flute. I'll put in a splash of Saint-Germain liqueur, the oh. other, other flower liqueur. Oh, wonderful. A little bit of lemon, a little bit of sugar syrup, and then top it off with yellowtail bubbles. 
Mm. Oh, I Perfect. love it. And I'm making, uh, I think I'm making uh, peach Bellini cocktails. I'm using uh, the peach sorbet, and you could do this any which way. My sweetheart loves raspberry, so I might go in the raspberry root. Frozen raspberry sorbet, small mini scoops from a melon, melon baller dropped in in place of puree to a, bo- uh, to oh, a nice. glass of bubbly. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I would, was going to rim my glasses with some uh, seasoned sugar. So maybe dried raspberries ground in the food mm-hmm. processor with sugar to make a pink sugar. You oh. could do this with orange peel or lemon mm-hmm. peel. Any flavor really dresses up a glass. Oh, and, and an $8, $10 bottle of, of yellowtail champagne is just perfect for Valentine's Day this year. I think Rick Rogers is just perfect for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Along with his recipe, you must check this out, for pancetta-wrapped pork roast with a blackberry sage sauce. That just might be on my Valentine's Day menu. Mm. You can find out more about Rick Rogers, his meatball lasagna, and all the cocktails he loves at his website. It's rickrogers.com, R-I-C-K-R-O-D-G-E-R-S.com. May the best team win, and happy Valentine's Day, Rick. Always a pleasure. (laughs) We loved having you. Bye-bye. Okay, food fanatics, if you're ready for some football, this is the big game, the second largest day of food consumption to Thanksgiving, so get your appetite ready. May the best team win. May your armchair quarterbacks unite and enjoy fabulous food on this fabulous day. Go Giants. I knew that was coming. Be sure to stay here and celebrate with us. There's Valentine's Day inspiration coming up next Sunday and more fabulous food from around the world right here in your radio. Check out ChefJamie.com for last-minute recipe needs today on this Super Bowl Sunday. And you can always email us live at ChefJamie.com with your culinary queries. I thank you for listening, and we thank Bristol Farms, Melissa's, Paul Martin's American Grill, and Avocados from Mexico for making this show possible. Until next Sunday, I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. We hope you continue to eat well. Why should we be-